Well, Coach, it's always good to come off a loss like we talked about earlier and get back to work immediately. That's what happened in the loss at Cy Ranch. You went right into district play on a Thursday night. And is it the same kind of feeling when you win a big rivalry game like you did and the way that you did it against Lake Travis to get back to work as quickly as possible to put that game behind you? It is, and as I told our players, we can't be that team that 10 years from now everybody looks back on the 2018 season and they go, well, they beat Lake Travis, but they didn't do anything else with the rest of their season. we got to continue to get better. The only thing that really puts the next all the talk of the, the last game behind you, whether to win or lose, is to go play another game. Now, this week has been a little bit of a challenge because of the weather. We were in the indoor in piecemeal on Monday. The, the offense practiced for about an hour during the athletic period, and the, and the defense practiced for about an hour after, and then yesterday. Yesterday morning, being Tuesday, we were real fortunate. We had a break in the weather for about three hours uh, that we were able to get a full practice in, so that was really good. Uh, Del Valley creates uh, a little bit different problem, especially for us defensively because of what they run. But I think all of the soreness is pretty much out of us. The, you know, the, the one guy that, I mean, there's a whole lot of guys that sucked it up, but Trip Graham was uh, was banged up early and played through all of that. And, uh, you know, we kind of taking it easy, a little bit easy on him this week, so make sure he's ready for Thursday. The idea behind the type of rushing yard, We'll talk about Tripp's performance again. Did not break the 100-yard barrier, but the yards that he was creating behind the offensive line and the ability to just move the ball methodically. I think a lot of people are looking for the glitz and glamour of long touchdown runs, but describe how impactful that that type of running is, especially into the fourth quarter. Well, all year long, Tripp and the continued improvement and the continued toughness of our offensive line have allowed us offensively to stay ahead of the chains. You know, knock on wood, we're not getting a bunch of those pre-snap penalties, you know, and the first and 15s and stuff like that. You know, Tripp is, you know, he's averaging on the year, you know, right at about 6.5 yards a carry. So, you know, if you hand it to your running back, you're going to end up in some favorable second downs. Someone asked me the other day, said, you know, y'all throw for about 200 yards a game, but you've got the number of touchdown passes you have would, would look like you were throwing for 300 yards a game. You've got literally eight more touchdown passes than you have rushing touchdowns. I said, yeah, it's because it's a tribute to our offensive line and to our running back because they allow us to stay on schedule. And if you get in a enough second down and in shorts you're able to take those shot to get those explosive touchdowns people don't realize but we definitely do here in the, in the field house i want to illuminate to people because second and five second and four second and three allows the playbook to open up and i think some people understand that but others may not is that it allows you to be more creative it allows you to run things that you may not run including some some plays on third down that would go for for scores third and short situations at least you get the opportunity to run some things that you probably wouldn't run if if it was third and nine or third and ten. The big opportunity moving forward is how much of the playbook have we seen and how much comfort level you have in that offensive line to be able to get creative. That's a big part of it. When you're in favorable down and distances, you can. Our RPO game or anybody's run pass option game is very effective on a down and distance of second and five, four, three. It is not an obvious passing down and you can kind of take what they give you. We have a lot in situations like that. We have a lot of double calls. We have a run and a pass call. We can take advantage of, of that and that's and our kids are starting to understand that that's what we do well. The other thing it has allowed us to do is to continue to foster more and more skilled position players like Jackson Coker that stepped up last week. It's not necessarily a, a deal where you know Mason Mangum was shut down or Penny Baker was shut down. It's just uh, Jackson came up with some big plays. He had five catches in the game. One was for a touchdown. The other four were all for third down conversion. I'm really excited about that because he's he's going to be a fabulous football player around here. He's a guy that as a sophomore was 
was injured a bunch. He was penciled in. Uh, well, I don't want to say penciled in. He was inked in as a as a starter at the beginning of the season last year as a sophomore. And now he's starting to get some confidence, and that's just another feather in our cap. I think it also speaks to the fearlessness in which and the unselfishness that you talk about every single week because Jackson now is getting the accolades statistically, but he's had some fabulous games where he doesn't have the ball, and I think that's a, a big part of not only guys like Ford Elliott who got an opportunity, he comes in, executes immediately. I think it keeps that downfield blocking, the RBIs that you talk about all the time, coaches, that keeps everybody plugged in and said, hey, look, we're just not catching balls out here. We're, we're trying to move the offense down the field. Constant involvement that, that we see not only on the field, but also on the sidelines as well. Right. Well, you know, those opportunities, you know, after the game, during the course of the week, for us to highlight guys that the stat sheet wouldn't say had a fabulous game. There's some guys that have, you know, major producers, you know, in our point system, you know, that we keep offensively and defensively that no one that came to the game would probably mention or no one covering the game in the media would mention, but we do. Ford Elliott played a huge role the other night on being able to step in and you know, Penny Baker's one of the leading receivers in the in the area and we're able to replace him with a guy that's, he's a guy that plays four positions. He's a guy that you know you can trust and he made a big catch and run for a first down, you know, on one of our bubbles. The game can be broken down into increments like you were talking about last week and we can even go increment inside of an increment. The fourth down play, the rugby punt, you talked about this at quarterback club, but I want to dive a little deeper because trust has been a big key it was a big key to why you guys won last year, and it was obviously a, a trust that moved forward into this year's ballgame as well. You started seeing the mood around the field house with the players change. They're no longer treating it like it's the Super Bowl. They're treating it like it's a big game, but they're still treating it like it's the next one. You look at Gabo's play and, and his ability to make a decision, and I looked in front as I've watched the play several times, and there's Alfonso Reno throwing the block, finishing the play from his responsibility that really kind of gave Gabo that opportunity to say, hey, look, there's nobody there, and I can take this 14 yards later probably one of the biggest plays of the game because on next play you scored I think that was a big part of setting the tone for the rest of the game no it definitely did and you know when you go into a game like that you have to have some extra bullets in your holster you know you have to be able to uh, to be honest with you in our past since we've been here I- I'm not so sure that would have been the the proper thing to do are these guys really ready to play are they so nervous that they can't execute you know what we executed with Rhett Kelly to you know Jackson Coker or what we executed, which from uh, Taylor Anderson to Rhett Kelly, you know, these kids are just turning loose and letting them play, and I'm glad you brought up the point, it's just another game. I mean, let's all be honest, it's not just another game, but I've got to be able to to be able to calm down and be able to have confidence in myself to be able to function in a hyped up physical game against arguably one of the very best teams in the state of Texas, Lake Travis. Onward to Del Valley, you mentioned what they do offensively and, and how that takes some time to prep, and it's something new. Somewhere along the line, Coach Charles Burton said, you know what, we're going to run this we're going to install this we're not going to be like everybody else yes we have the athletes yes we have the quarterback but we're going to run the ball and looking at the wing tee or at least the the hybrid wing tee that you know the little mechanisms that come with that and being able to keep your eyes on the football essentially how the preparation's gone this week into a unique offense such as Del Valley's you know it's a little nerve-wracking from the standpoint when we pop out the video we look at it and go oh they're not that spread team that they started the season and they're now running the wing team they've been running it effectively definitely the past two weeks in a big picture you'd like as much preparation 
race you can. That's not the case this week. But our uh, defensive coaches and our defensive players have gotten as many physical reps as we could possibly give them. And then they're getting a lot of mental reps. And so the preparation for the game is ongoing. We will get so much better between now the time that you and I are talking. We'll get a lot better because of the video preparation that we're continuing to, to go through. And that's one of the things that this, this team has a kind of a mindset. The hay is never in the barn. We've all used that cliche before. I stopped using that because you know what? I found out around here that it, you don't have to have it in the barn. You can continue to improve as the week goes on because these kids are willing to put in the work to improve. Well, I think the technology is there for them to be able to engage in that kind of mental preparation long after they leave the field house. I think they have the ability on their own to go back and look at it. And then it comes down to your coaching staff talking with Coach Murdoch. He said, look, I've already got everything broken down for him. We're already looking to rep something immediately. And it's that constant preparation. Us on the media and broadcast side, we're preparing all the time as well. And then you have to go execute. But at the same time, the constant thought process of, you know, not compartmentalizing your experience as a Westlake football player subject to practice and a game. It's a lifestyle. And I think that's kind of coming from your coaching staff and filtering down into your players. Here you are four years and half a season over with. You're sitting there going, okay, they're finally starting to understand that this is a 24-7 deal, not just a, an eight-hour deal. Right. And that, I mean, that's just kudos to our players. I mean, as we mentioned the other day, you know, the coaches, we spend a lot of time helping to get them ready for the test on Friday night or Thursday night. Uh, we're the tutors, so to speak. They're the guys that are in the arena. They're the guys that go play it. Taylor Anderson right now knows that when I say, all right, Del Valley is in this coverage, this front, this this is what they do. He pretty much knows what the game plan is going to be, you know, from a passing game standpoint of how we're going to try to attack before I ever map it out for him. And, and that's called experience and, you know, and that's called, you know, a little better and savvy. You called him your little redheaded quarterback, a guy that got thrown to the wolves. And one of the things that he said in his Shap of the Week interview that, that has stayed with me so much that I actually have recorded it and want to go back and hear it talking about you know, obviously now seasoned varsity players who may have been new varsity players week one against Belton. He said this, and honestly, it's one of the best things I've ever heard a quarterback say. He said, look, I got thrown into my position. They earned their spot. And to have that kind of respect and mentality as a, a captain and a leader on the team, you have to look at that and go, okay, if my quarterback is thinking about other people and their successes before he's thinking about his own, what does that do for you as a head coach, you know, moving forward and cultivating the leadership roles of this team? When you hear something like that, what does that tell you? Well, it does my heart good to know that uh, that he's seeing the big picture you know I mean quarterback he's a captain on our team those uh, those five captains we have they have to be an extension of myself and our coaching staff and I always tell them I said I'm going to set the tone for the week there's going to be a message for the week and I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it again I'm going to say it again but it's even more important when you come in behind me and our team is seeing that you're bought in to what the message is so everything that you say when y'all are at team dinner you know and when y'all are hanging out together and when y'all are in the locker room together when the coaches aren't around you know, those are the things, you know, and, and Taylor understands that, you know, a guy early in the year, he was he was great with all of our young players that have never started before. He said, guys, I understand. I've, I've been there. I got, you know, thrown to the wolves in front of 10,000 people and never taken a varsity step. So I know what the nervousness is, the uncertainty is, the disappointment of not doing what your town thought you ought to do, you know, all that pressure. But just relax and we'll, we will get better. And he's a, you know, he's a great example of, of a guy that just kind of keeps his nose to the grindstone. He continues to improve as we go forward. And he has a genuine care for his teammates that's not fake. He has a real toughness about him and a confidence about him without coming off and being cocky. The victory over Lehman 
was win number 50. The victory over Lake Travis was win number 51. In four years and six games, you guys have won a lot of football games here at Westlake. Take us through the journey up until now and that stat, 51 wins in just under five seasons. We want to make sure that while this whole thing is on our watch, uh, that we continue to hold up to the legacy of Westlake football, of what Ron Schrader started, what Ebby Neptune started, what Ken Dabb started, what Coach Long was all about, you know, what Coach Allman was all, all of the guys, all the guys that have come before us in the coach's standpoint, all the great players that are on the wall out there. You know, it's a, it's a tall task to make sure that the, that the bard is not lowered uh, while it's on your watch. You know, I, I've told our players as we've gone through and we, when we prepare for a Lake Travis like last week, we've beaten Katie. We've beaten Allen. We've beaten South Lake Carroll. Uh, we've had wins over the Woodlands. We've had wins over Atascacita. What in the world makes those any different than this one? And they finally wised up to all that and said, you know what, let's just, just like we did in those games, let's go play. And that's that's the thing that I'm very, very proud of about. And you go forward, you know, right now we got a chance to go in the next four weeks to go win a district championship, and that's our number one goal. And like I told them today, if, if you lose one of the next four, you, you we may still go to the playoffs, but we're not going to be the undisputed district championship. Champions, we'd have to share it with somebody probably, and, and we want to win it outright. That's very, very important to our team right now. And uh, I reminded them of things that happened in college football last week. You think West Virginia planned on getting tom tommed against Iowa State? You think that Oklahoma State thought they were going to go into Kansas State and, just, and get whooped? No, they didn't, but they allowed it to happen. We're, we're not. That's not going to be our mind. We're going to be ready to play. Final thought, Coach. Part of that legacy that you are protecting and ensuring at this point under your watch is also around an aura of respect for your opponent and class. And I thought, what is Coach Dodge doing with about a minute to go in a 44-14 to 14 game, calling all his troops together and saying, here's how the end of the game is going. And with the Drew Brees scenarios and all the things that we've talked about in the last four years, I'm always thinking of teachable moments. And with a minute to go, you're finding a way to teach them how to act at the end of the game. Take us through that as a final thought to this week's No Huddle with Todd Dodge. The one thing that was just on my heart and on my mind at the time, we, we've got to a point, it's less than a minute left to go in the game. It is 44 to 14. We're fixing to win this game. There's no doubt. When the game is over with, put your helmet on, get in the line, let's go shake hands, wish them luck for the rest of their season. These two schools, these two groups of young men, they work their tails off. Lake Travis is a fabulous football team. Give them the respect that they deserve. You know, we don't need to storm the field to be jumping up and acting like, frankly, you know, don't act like this was a surprise. Act like you've been there. Act like you're going back. Not the first time you ever won a football game against someone who's really, really good. That's kind of the message we gave. I said, you know, when we get in the locker room, you know, when, when all the eyes are off of us. We'll have a whole lot of fun together. We need to act like uh, champions. We need to act like we've been here before and that we're... I think that has a lot to do with the statue that sits behind you, Coach, the uh, the James Brown. And after that win, it has to feel pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what, oh, oh Stephen Kreider, he told me, he said, you know, I don't know if you realize, but you sing that song a lot. And so I found this thing <laughs> and he brought it to me and he, he brought it, he was sitting on my desk, you know, about 30 minutes before we went out. It was pretty appropriate when the game was over with. So we, we brought old James to the locker room and played it and it was a lot of fun. Nothing like a little mascot to, to keep things in perspective, Coach. That's right. Thanks for the time. Good luck on Thursday. Thank you so much.